the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Give your mornings to God. Set aside the morning time every day for as as many days as you can during the week. Start your day with Jesus. Give your mornings to God. Set aside that time for the Lord. That's what Jesus did. That's what we should do. Set that time aside to just spend it with the Lord so that he can give us instruction, so that he can minister to us, so he can speak to us and direct our steps for the day. That's what Jesus did. Do you set aside time in the morning to meet with the Lord? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you to give your mornings to the Lord. Jesus modeled this perfectly when he got up before the sunrise to pray and spend time with his Father. Pastor Dan encourages you to set aside as many mornings as you can to meet with God. This is a precious time of the day where the Lord can speak to you, minister to you, direct your steps, and give you instruction for the day. Seek to spend time each morning with him. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God gave him the tongue of the learned, not not so he could debate doctrine with the priests in the temple. That's not what it's for. Not so he could argue over theology. God gave Jesus the tongue of the learned so he could speak a word of comfort, a word of encouragement to the weary, to the tired, to the burdened, to the heavy hearted, to the heavy laden. I love that. Jesus comforts the weary and and he has just the right word. It's a word in season. It's not out of season. Have you ever had, you know, you're going through something, uh, you're down, you're discouraged, uh, and somebody tries to comfort you or encourage you and they say something to you. And, it, and it's, it's the wrong thing to say. And inside you're saying, well, thanks, I appreciate it. Or outside you're saying that, but inside you're saying, what in the world did you say that to me for? You know, like, I, who cares or whatever? You know, I know that. It doesn't help. But Jesus, he isn't like us, praise the Lord. He always can speak the right word at just the right time that we need to hear to encourage us and to lift our countenance, lift our spirit. It's a word in season to the weary. You know, in, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus actually invites us to bring our burdens to him. He invites the weary to come to him with our burdens, and he promises to take them, and he offers us in exchange 
rest for our souls. Those that are weary, those that are tired, those that are heavy laden, bring your burdens to me. I'll take them from you and I'll give you rest for your soul. A word in season to him who is weary. Now look at the rest of verse four. He awakens me again. This is the Messiah speaking here. This is Jesus speaking. He awakens me morning by morning. And we just sang, great is thy faithfulness. You know, there's that line in there about morning by morning. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. I I love this. Again, this is speaking about the Messiah who is to come. We know it's speaking about Jesus Christ. And and what he's talking about here at the end of verse 4, he is speaking of his daily deep fellowship with the Father that he enjoyed each morning. Morning by morning, the Lord awakens me. Morning by morning, the Father awakens me and speaks to me and directs me every morning. Uh, W.A. Criswell, who was a, a Baptist minister in the second half of the 20th century, he said, Give your mornings to God. Give your mornings to God. And that, that's, that's great instruction for us. Give your mornings to God. Set aside the morning time every day or as, as many days as you can during the week. Start your day with Jesus. Give your mornings to God. Set aside that time for the Lord. That's what Jesus did. That's what we should do. Set that time aside to just spend it with the Lord so that he can give us instruction, so that he can minister to us, so he can speak to us and direct our steps for the day. That's what Jesus did. I want to show you a great example of this in the Gospel of Mark. So turn over to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, this is when Jesus was in the town of Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, It was the Sabbath day. Uh, Jesus was in the synagogue, and it was another, just a regular Sabbath day, or so they thought. And there, there happened to be that day a demon-possessed man in the synagogue, and Jesus cast the demon out of the man in the synagogue. And news of this immediately spreads throughout all the region around the Galilee. After, now, you you know, you have an event like that happen where you cast a demon out. You think, man, I'm done for the day. <laughs> I'm going home, right? I'm going to be by myself for the rest of the day, just trying to recover from that. Uh, but not Jesus. Verse 29 of chapter 1, we're told, now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, so they leave the synagogue in Capernaum, just after this whole exchange with a demon-possessed man and casting the demon out, Jesus comes out of the synagogue, He enters the house of Simon, that's Peter, and his brother Andrew, and with James and John, so they're with him. The house of Peter is just a short walk away from the synagogue there in Capernaum. Verse 30 says, but Simon's wife's mother, so that's Peter's mother-in-law, she lay sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. And so, verse 31, Jesus came. And look how he ministers to her so, so personally, so physically. So he came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up out of the bed. And the idea here is as he's lifting her up out of the bed, immediately the fever left her. So there wasn't some you know, big 
prayer, long prayer that he prayed over her or anything. He just walked up to her, took her by the hand and began to lift her out of the bed. And as he's lifting her out, the fever's gone. And you, you've been that kind of sick before where you have a fever and you're like laid out in the bed and you can't even move. You don't even know what day of the week it is. And you're just out of your mind with this fever. And Jesus just comes over, he lifts her up, and the fever's gone. So much so, it says at the end of verse 31, she served them. Now again, you've had a fever before, especially as an adult. When you have a fever, even after the fever breaks, it usually takes a couple days to fully recover from that, that sickness, from that fever. And yet here we see she immediately gets up and starts you know, cooking lunch for them or whatever. She starts serving Jesus and the others that are that are there. And this is, you know, this is a complete healing that she has, not just of the fever, but from the physical effects of the fever, from the weakness of the fever. She hops out and begins serving. And then it says in verse 32, at evening time, note here, when the sun had set, that's an important detail for us. It's the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day ends at sunset. And so when the sun set, so when the Sabbath day ended is the idea, uh, they brought to Jesus, notice the word, all, all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. So, so they wait, they have to wait until the Sabbath day ends because according to their religious traditions, not according to the word of God, but according to their religious traditions, they weren't allowed to do any work on the Sabbath day, and that included carrying someone. That included healing someone. Uh, if someone was sick on the Sabbath day or someone was injured on the Sabbath day, again, according to their, their tradition, this isn't the word of God. This is just their religious tradition. If someone was injured or sick on the Sabbath day, you could do what was necessary to sustain their life, to get them through the day. You couldn't heal them, though. That was considered work. That was breaking the Sabbath day. So they, they have to wait just because of their tradition. They have to wait until the Sabbath ends at sunset. And verse 32 tells us, you know, as soon as the sun set, everybody from Capernaum and the surrounding area shows up at the house of Peter on Peter's doorstep with all of their sick and all of their demon possessed. And verse 33 says, and the whole city was gathered together at Peter's front door. Isn't that amazing? I mean, can you imagine? The whole town shows up. The whole city shows up. And, and Cap Capernaum was a, uh, was a medium-sized city. Uh, it's not a large city like Jerusalem. It's also not a small village. It's, it's a medium-sized city. And the whole city shows up now. You know, at Peter's front door and look at verse 34. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. They knew that he was the Messiah, the son of God. And he didn't allow them to speak, he just cast them out. Now, Jesus began ministering to all of these people. After sunset, he started when it was dark and the whole city's there. And Luke's gospel, Luke's account of this, it tells us that he laid hands on everyone that was brought to him. 
So, you know, he didn't just go to the door of Peter's house and say, you're all healed, you know, just with a wave of his hand. And that's it. Now, get off Peter's yard, you know, you, you know, go home kind of thing. No, it says that he ministered to each person individually. And he took the time, just like he did with Peter's mother-in-law. He took the time to lay his hands on each person and probably spoke words of comfort to each person. And he ministered to each person. How much time did that take? Get the whole town there. He's starting after dark. How late into the night does this go? How early into the morning does this last? With each person, you know, speaking to them, ministering to them, hearing their story, hearing what happened, how they ended up in that condition, you know, hearing all the things that they've tried that haven't worked, hearing the parents of kids describing how hard it's been because their child has been like this and they've tried everything and and ministering to each person and taking that time and healing all of them. And I'm sure that went late into the night, early into the next morning. Look what it says. It says in verse 35. Now in the morning. Having risen a long while before daylight. He went out and he departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Man. You know after that kind of ministry. Even a fraction of that ministry. Just ministering to a handful of people like that. I would be exhausted. I, you know, going late into the night like that, I would think, man, I'm sleeping in tomorrow. I'm not setting the alarm, getting to bed so late. But Jesus, what we see with Jesus is that he, he rose up early the next morning, woke up early the next morning before it was daylight, before the sun came up. And he went off to a solitary place where no one could find him to spend time with the father, to spend time with the father. He awakens me morning by morning. Now, now watch what happens next. Watch what happens next. It says in verse 36, so he goes off to a solitary place. There he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns. Now, the word towns there, it's referring to unwalled cities. He's talking about little villages. He's in a city right now. He's in the city of Capernaum. And he says, let us go into the next towns, the little villages, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all of Galilee and casting out demons. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And, and I want you to note what happens here. Jesus has his morning time with the Father. Morning by morning, he awakens me. He gets up early. He goes off to a solitary place to spend time with the Father, to pray. 
And the father told him to move on to the next towns and preach there also. The father says, hey, it's time to go. It's time to go. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear. It says in Isaiah 50, he gets up in the morning. He spends that time with the father and the father says, it's time for you to go. Leave Capernaum. I've got some little villages I want you to stop by and minister to people there. Now, listen, listen. The night before, the whole town showed up. The whole town showed up. That morning, everyone in the town is looking for him. What would human wisdom tell you? What would human logic tell you? What would human reason tell you? Human wisdom would tell you, stay here. Look at all these people that are the whole city showed up. You've got you've got a revival going on. Look at the impact you're having. Look at the fruits you're bearing. Stay here. Don't go anywhere. Plant a church right here. Just stay here. You've got these huge crowds showing up. Don't leave. Listen, if you're walking by sight. You'd stay. If you're allowing just human reason and logic. And wisdom to govern the decisions that you make. And that and that's it. You you would conclude, man, I, I should stay here. Obviously, this is where God wants me. Look at the impact I'm having. Look at all the people that are showing. This is where I'm supposed to be. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that his ways are not always like our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes, listen, sometimes the Lord redirects you. He just redirects you. And he tells you to go in a direction you would have never on your own thought. That's the direction I should go. Or that's the decision I should make. In fact, everything in your mind logically says, why would I leave this? Why would I leave what's happening here in Capernaum? This doesn't seem like a good idea. But sometimes the Lord will just redirect you in that way. That's why, listen, that's why you need to spend time with him in the morning and sit before him with your Bible open and allow him the opportunity to direct your day or redirect your day, direct your life, redirect your life. But what do we tend to do? You know, we just kind of whatever seems logical to us, whatever seems right, or maybe we'll make a list of all the pros and all the cons and There's more pros than cons, so I must do this because this seems like the best decision. When sometimes if you just get with the Lord and just spend time with him, the Lord will say, no, this is what I want you to do. What? But Lord, there's all these people. It's really happening here. And you want me to leave and go to these little podunk villages? Yeah, that's what I want you to do. But that comes from giving your mornings to God, giving your giving time, giving opportunity to the Lord to speak into your life and to redirect you the way that he wants to. There's no other way to get that. There's no other way to get that kind of direction and that kind of information. You just got to spend time with the Lord. Allow him to speak to you. I think of Philip in the book of Acts. Remember, he's down in Samaria in the book of Acts. And this huge revival breaks out. People are getting saved. It's crazy. And you remember the Lord speaks to Philip and tells him, I want you to go down to the desert. (laughs) He doesn't even tell him why. He says, I want you to go to the desert. And Philip obeys. Philip goes. And he leaves this this 
happening thing, this exciting work where lots of people are coming and God's doing amazing things. And he obeys the Lord and he goes down to the desert. No idea where he's going or why he's going down there. And he gets down there and he finds one Ethiopian, one guy on the side of the road reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And the Lord tells him to go, go talk to that guy. Goes and talks to that guy. That guy gets saved. He baptizes him. And that's it. Like that's, that's the whole reason God sent him down there was for one guy. Again, if you're going by human wisdom, human logic, stay in Samaria, man. Like that's where things are exciting. That's where things are happening. Obviously, there's more pros for Samaria. And there's a lot of cons for going down to the desert without a plan of where you're going. But that wasn't the Lord's plan. And so he goes down to the desert. He shares the gospel, tells this guy about Jesus. He gets saved. He gets baptized. And then after that, Philip is taken away and he doesn't go back to Samaria. The next time we see Philip, he's in Caesarea by the sea, a Roman town. And he's just living there. And it says he's got four daughters and they're all prophetesses. And he's described in Caesarea as the evangelist, Philip. He's the only person in the New Testament who is named an evangelist. Now, certainly there were other evangelists. Other people had the gift of evangelism. But Philip's the only guy who's called the evangelist, Philip. And God has him living in the city of Caesarea, which is the largest Roman seaport on the Mediterranean Sea at that time. There's people from all over the world coming in and out of that town, going all over the world. And isn't it interesting that God would put the evangelist in the town there's people from all over the world coming and going. That's where you want an evangelist. But he just lives there. He just lives out his life. He was once the, the, you know, the catalyst, the leader of all of this big revival in Samaria. And God took him from that to ministering to one person on the side of the road in the desert. To just living in this town, raising a family. Sharing, sharing Christ with people. That's, that's the Lord directing his steps. You know, that's that's, you know, acknowledging, acknowledging the Lord in all your ways and allowing him to redirect your steps. And that comes by spending time with the Lord. And here we see where Jesus does that early in the morning. He gets up. The Lord awakens him morning by morning. He awakens his ear to hear as the learned back in Isaiah chapter 50. If you want to turn back there. Verse five, again, the Messiah speaking, the Lord God has opened my ear. You know, again, this is in contrast to Israel. Uh, the people of Israel at this time, they wouldn't listen to God. But the Messiah, his ears are open. He's listening and obeying the Father. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. We're so glad you joined Pastor Dan Sexton for his verse-by-verse study through the book of Isaiah. This extraordinary book is quoted in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament book. Plus, it provides us with the most comprehensive picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It includes the full scope of his life and ministry, from his virgin birth to his sacrificial death to his resurrection and second coming in glory. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an edition of this program. That website again is calvaryec.com. We'd love to hear from you too and learn how Ring of Truth has blessed you. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. 
Let us know how God is working in your life and if there's anything that we can be praying for during this study of Isaiah. That number again is 410-491-4592. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray the Lord bless and keep you and that your faith is deepened with each passing day. Tune in next time to continue our study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.